policy thing that Zoom added. Because if you don't want to be on while they're recording, it gives you the option to leave. <laughs> so. Okay. I think so. And today's June 21, 2021. And we're looking at this study guide number 20, the United States and Bible Prophecy. And um, at the end, we're going to, well, I should ask you now, who needs the next? Do you guys have the next one? You guys have 2021? 20, yeah, yeah, 21 is about the church. Yeah. Search it. I don't, I, okay. I haven't gotten I, how any do I new How do you get what? How do I get this meeting is being recorded off? Hit cancel. Oh, they got it. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a can. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Got oh, it. So there we go. Yeah. Sorry. So, so you guys need the next lesson sent to you. Is that right? Yeah, I think oh. so. I think, I think all the people time. that are not here, probably Janice and Sonia and they, they all need, need it. So, okay. Um, yeah. And I, I don't have another one. And Teresa. And Diane, probably. All right. I think the other people have them. Darlene has them, right? Yeah. I have the whole set, yeah. And Melissa I has, have the whole has set. them. Okay. So Diane and Teresa will try to remember to give it to you at church. Julie, do you need it as well? We'll, we'll get it to you at church. Away. And probably Sue. And Sue, right. And yeah. Sue is going to be there this Sabbath. Yeah. Oh, is she okay? Oh, good. Because of the baptism. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. Steve's getting baptized. Yes. We're very excited. And Sue knows Steve? Oh, because she's head deacons. Yeah. Right. Okay. So this lesson, this study guide, has some warnings in it. Now, when you think about warnings, there are different levels of warnings. When I was a child, I had a pillow, a new pillow that my parents bought for me, and it had a big tag on it. And the tag was really uncomfortable because you turn your pillow over and there's that big old long tag. And I thought the tag said, this tag is not to be removed by the consumer. I remember thinking that. I know. What it really said is, this tag is not to be removed except by the consumer. <laughs> so I thought, I better not remove the tag. I mean, I don't know what would happen to you if you remove the tag. I think you're going to get arrested. <laughs> no, that's what I thought as a child, too. I, I did, too. To I did, too. That big tag. It has oh, to I'm not it. the only one. That's it's that funny tag. how things can be misinterpreted, no, mis uh, you know, that. We missed the whole point. So, so that's one level of warning. That's a warning that really isn't a warning at all. You just thought it was a warning. There's another level of warning, and that's the kind of warning where the consequence might happen. So if you smoke cigarettes, you might get cancer. It's not for sure, but you might. If you text while you're driving, you might have an accident. It's not for sure, but you might have an accident. You should still heed those warnings, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're serious. But then there's another kind of warning where if you don't heed it, something will for sure happen. Like you're driving on a windy mountain road and you see a sign that says the bridge is out. If you don't heed that warning, something bad will happen. 
for sure. And the warning that we're going to read about in the Bible today is that last kind of warning. So let's open our Bibles to Revelation 14. And we have been here many times before. We're coming back again. It's really an important warning. Revelation chapter 14. And could somebody read verses 9 and 10? Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out in full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Okay, thank you for reading that, Kathy. So it says, does it say if anyone worships the beast in his image and receives the mark, he might? No, if he will. It says he will, right? So could you could we say that this is of the, the level of warning, like the bridge is out? If you continue to drive on this road and there's no bridge, you will fall down into the canyon. This is, this is a for sure thing. It's not like if you smoke, you might get lung cancer. If you eat junk foods, you might get diabetes. No, 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 no. This is, you will have this thing happen to you. So this is a very important warning to give now, but let's look at that verse again. And let's, let's look at something that sometimes we read right over another angel verse nine, a third one followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and what? His, his, image. Image. his image so today we're going to find out there's that there's more than just this one entity we've talked about what the antichrist is but there's more than than that thing involved there's another thing that they, and they work together and today we're going to find out what that other thing is so first of all open your study guide please to number one we're just going to do a little bit of review a beast, what does a beast represent? A beast or an animal? Could somebody read the verse under number one? The fourth, the fourth. shall be a fourth kingdom on earth. Okay, so a beast represents a nation in Bible prophecy, right? Mm -hmm. So we've talked about, let's go back to Revelation 13, and we've had this beast coming up out of the sea, Revelation 13, um, verse one, he stood on the sand of the seashore, I saw beast coming up out of the sea having 10 hordes and seven heads you've got crowns on his heads blasphemous names and who is this antichrist beast power do you remember what we identified him as like a leopard lion or leopard or something what what does it represent who who is the antichrist Teresa, I think you said the answer, but you're muted. <laughs> the papal system. <laughs> yes, it's a papal system. Thank you. And we talked about how it's not the Pope. It's not any one person. It's not the Catholic people. It's, it is the system that mm -hmm. has been designed and that, that, that goes against God. Okay, so we talked about that last time. And if you need to go back and review that, I can send you the recording from last week and maybe the time before. So what does the Vatican power consider to be the mark of its authority? 
Sunday. <laughs> yeah, keeping the Sunday. fact that it changed the Sabbath to wow. Sunday and everybody followed them. Yes, exactly <clears throat> right. They're so, rather proud of it. Yes, that's right. So this is from the, the Catholic writings. Um, how do you prove that the church has power to command feasts and holy days by the very act of changing the Sabbath into Sunday, which Protestants allow of, and therefore fondly contradict themselves by keeping Sunday strictly and breaking most other feast days commanded by the church? I didn't make this up. This is what they wrote, page 58 of this Catholic book. Yeah. How do you know that the church has the power? Because it changed Sabbath into Sunday. Um, then the next question, have you, have you any other way of proving the church has power to institute festivals of precept? Had she not had such power, she could not have substituted the observance of Sunday, the first day of the week, for the observance of Saturday, the seventh day, a change for which there is no scriptural authority. So what they're saying is, we know we have the power because we did it and everybody's following us. And so Sunday is the mark of their authority, a mark of her ecclesiastical power and authority. So remember we talked about that. And then we talked about how God's mark is a sign that you're obeying him. Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the antichrist mark is the sign that you're obeying it Sunday God's mark is that yours is the sign that you are obeying him and following him. Mm -hmm. And that is Sabbath, right? We talked about that, that Sabbath is actually a sign or part of God's mark or seal. Any questions about that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's just a review. And then we talked about okay let's go back to revelation 13 what happens to this antichrist beast power in verse three i saw one of his heads <clears throat> as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast okay so if somebody gets a fatal wound that means that means they die right mm -hmm. yes was apparently a very serious one but it the animal doesn't die it is healed and do you remember when we talked about what that deadly wound is anybody we just touched on it very briefly last week so that the vatican had enormous power during the 1260 years of its reign Enormous, enormous power. In fact, it, I mean, we could spend a long time talking about it, but just one example is that in 1077, the Pope forced King Henry IV to kneel, and he was barefoot, kneel on the snow for three days before accepting his apology. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of power, right? And, and the, the Pope could declare interdict over any, any region, any country or any region. And if you were under, under interdict, it meant that your babies could not be baptized and your dead could not be buried. And that's serious. It's obviously it's serious if you can't bury your dead. But 
Also, if you can't baptize your baby, if you believe like they did, they believe that if you didn't baptize your baby right away and that baby died, which a lot of babies did, that that baby would go to hell or at least purgatory. And so there was fear, huge fear, if any nation were ever to be placed under interdict. So this gave the Vatican a lot of power, a very, very, very lot of power over the civil authorities of the day. So that's why this king had to come apologize to the Pope. And, and the king was doing things he probably shouldn't have been doing anyway, but that's a different issue. The issue is that he had to just be subservient to the Pope. So that was a very powerful time, those 1260 years. Now, at the end of those 1260 years in 1798, do you remember what happened to the Pope? Taken captive? Yes. So Napoleon's general came and took him captive. And everybody thought the papacy is over. There is no more papacy. It's just done. But in fact, it's not done, is it? That was the fatal wound. But now the fatal wound is healed because the Vatican is still very, very influential. It's not as powerful as it was back then, but it is very, very influential in our, in our world today, isn't it? Yes. So it had a deadly wound. The deadly wound is now healed. All right. So now we're into the new lesson. First of all, we need to notice that this, the mark of the beast is not given by the beast. The Antichrist is not the one that administers the mark. Mm -hmm. so the beast doesn't come around and say, let me put my mark on you. It's a different entity that enforces this mark. So that's what we're going to find out more about today. So let's look in um, Revelation 13. And we're going to do, um, we just finished with the, the, the first half of the chapter is about the Antichrist beast power, where he, verse six, he opened his words, verse five, he's speaking arrogant words and blasphemies. He's given authority to act for 42 months, which is the 1260 years. He's, verse six, he's blaspheming God. Verse seven, he's making war with the saints and overcoming them. And verse eight, everyone is going to worship him, everyone on earth, except those who what? Name is written in the Lamb of the Lord. Yeah. So, so the, and, and then in verse 10, there's a little clue as to what will happen to the Pope, this deadly wound. If anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. And that's exactly what happened. Here's the perseverance and faith of the saints. So that, that whole section, verses 1 and 10, 1 to 10 is about the, 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 the Antichrist beast power. So we, we've got that whole picture. We know kind of what that's about. Now we're going to look at verse 11. I saw another beast. And where is it coming up out of? The earth. The earth. Good. And it's what else is it? What he has two horns like a what? A lamb. 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 And how does he speak? Like a dragon. As a dragon. So that's, there's some clues, and we're going to piece together a whole bunch of clues to figure out what this power is. And we have to remember that what we talked about before, that if you have a stool, 
it only has one leg. <laughs> you better be careful because you're gonna fall over, right? If you sit on a stool that has two legs, still not very stable. <laughs> gonna have to have at least three legs and preferably four, or, or we're gonna have more legs than that. So we're gonna have more clues than that as we proceed through this Bible study. We wanna know what this, what this power is. This second beast, this is not the first beast, this is not the Antichrist beast, it says another beast. So this is a different beast, a beast is an an animal, is a nation, we know that. All right, so let's go to the study guide. Number two says, I saw another beast rising up out of the earth. What does the sea represent, the water, number three, in the study guide? Equals. What did you say? People. People, right. A densely populated area. So this, this nation is going to rise out of the earth. So if water represents population, then the earth would represent a sparsely populated area, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to look for, uh, we'll look for a nation that rises out of a sparsely populated area. And it says it is like a lamb. A lamb represents Christ often. And um, so it's a Christian sort of Christian-like nation. It's a lamb. A lamb is young. This is a young nation. Um, and, and it says what are um, on the crown? The, on, the, on the horns don't have any crowns. That what are on the horns of the first beast, the Antichrist beast, in verse two? What were on his horns? What verse two of verse what? two of chapter thirteen? Sorry, in crowns. Crowns, right? So no. the first beast has crowns. It is a monarchy. It's it's a that kind of government. This next beast the second beast doesn't have any crowns on its horns so it's not a kingdom it's not a monarchy it doesn't have a king um so then also we noticed how it speaks he has two horns like a lamb and he speaks like what a dragon a dragon dragon. so who's the dragon in in revelation Satan. satan satan right so a nation speaks through its legislation, through its laws, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Have you ever noticed any laws in any countries that are not maybe representing what Jesus' values would be? Yes, yeah. lots of them. <laughs> Many nowadays. What'd you say? Lots of them, especially nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> them right lots of laws that are not representing the bible but one of the big ones is the sunday law is going to be huge yes it is yes it is um so can you think of what nation might fit these clues another clue is that this this beast is going to have power in end times and it's a young nation then Also, it comes up after the deadly wound because we heard all about the first beast and then the second beast comes up. So what nation could that be? A young nation looks Christian, speaks like a dragon with laws that are not really Christian at all. 
the yeah, United it's, States. It's the United States. Does that make sense to you? Does that fit together? Mm -hmm. Yes. How does that make you feel that our nation is mentioned in Bible prophecy? You know, my grandmother told me many, many, many years ago, and I didn't understand it until I really became an Adventist and really started understanding the Bible. But she used to say mm -hmm. that every day that we take a step, we are walking on hell. Mm -hmm. Because when Jesus returns, he will, you know, the dead in Christ rise and the living in Christ meet them in the sky. But in the bottom line, and I know there's other countries that are involved in this as well, because everybody will see him and he will come with a, a loud noise. But when you think about it, it's very scary because we live in a very carnal, sinful world yeah. that we make excuses for. We do. A lot of secular activity and all too. That's right. So it is our nation. We're a young nation. We came up after the deadly wound was healed after 1798. That's right about when we started. Um, it has a lot. It has to have a lot of international influence to do what we're going to talk about that it's <laughs> that, that we're about to talk about it, that it does. Mm -hmm. It's not a monarchy. It came out of a sparsely populated area. Um, so let's see what this nation now is going to do. Um, we're going to look at the study guide number eight. Could somebody read that? How does the second nation of Revelation 13 cooperate with the first nation in Revelation 13? Revelation 13, 12, he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. The Bible says that this power will unite with the first beast to restore power to the first beast and cause the world to yield to its power. Thank you, Kathy. So this, this is a very influential nation and our country is influential. Mm -hmm. So the, according to this verse, the antichrist is not going to be the one saying you have forcing people to worship it. Someone else is going to force people to worship mm -hmm. the antichrist. And that thing that's forcing people to do it is our nation. Mm -hmm. That's not a very comfortable thought. Mm -mm. It would not be a very popular thing to say. But I feel like it's pretty clear that that's what the Bible's saying that it's going to do. Mm -hmm. So back to the Bible, verse 12, the verse that Kathy read, he exercises all the authority of the first beasts. That's a lot of power, right? We talked yep. about how much power it had. And he's making everyone worship. Now, when you make someone worship, how genuine is that if they're worshiping God? Of course. It's Just like Nebuchadnezzar. Being exactly. That's what I was thinking. Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Nebuchadnezzar in the fiery furnace. He was going to make everybody worship. Mm -hmm. so, so this is a forced worship of the Antichrist. And verse 13, he performs great what? Signs. Signs. Anybody have a different word there? Wonders. 
Wonders, uh-huh. Any other words? Miracles. Miracles, yes. A sign is a miracle. So if someone does a miracle, does that mean that whatever they're doing is from God? No. This is a really, really, really hard thing to get your mind around if you're impressed by miracles. We're all impressed by miracles. Yeah. If you've seen someone that seems to be a godly person and they're doing miracles, everything in you says, I think this person's of God and I want to follow them, right? Yeah. But what does this verse say? Who's doing the miracles in this verse? Satan. Satan. It's not the good people, right? Do that there are a lot of, um, and I'm not calling out names, but there are a lot of evangelists that they um, seem to do a lot of uh, healing and stuff. And people follow those evangelists instead of following God because they see like people get out of their wheelchairs or people being healed of this or that. And it, it, it is so misinterpreted by people that are not fully clothed in, in, in God's armor because they're so fooled. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that lightly, but, uh, and it's a word I don't use, like to use, but honestly, people are being fooled by these signs, wonders, and miracles of these evangelists and, and, and ones to get out here and are by their way, preaching the word of God, mm-hmm. but they're mis, mis, uh, leading people. It's so true. And so, so if you see a miracle and if you get that <clears throat> feeling in your spine <clears throat> and you get so inspired and you're so in awe of what God is doing, is that proof? <clears throat> no, it's not. It has to be in tune with the truths from the Bible. It ha- we have to come from the Bible, right, Teresa? Exactly. So we'll go back to thir- verse 13, chapter 13, verse 13. Well, verse, um, verse 13, yes. <clears throat> so he's performing great signs or great miracles so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Can you remember any time in history when this was done, when fire mm-hmm. literally came down? Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and yes. What? Well, not Carmel. Mount Carmel, yes. Oh. Elijah said, yeah, and he want Elijah did that. God did that to to show the people that he was the true God, right? So Satan is going to counterfeit that miracle, and so we're going to see that. And then <clears throat> also, fire came down at Pentecost. Remember mm-hmm. the tongues of fire mm-hmm. were on over the people's heads, and I can see how, and 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 this is my own thinking of how it could happen, um, but I could see how it, the the Holy Spirit that really isn't the Holy Spirit, a false representation could manifest itself like that to prove that it's real when it's not. Right. There, there might be a false outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we will see. We don't know how this will play out, but we need to watch for it. God gives us prophecy, not so that we'll know all the details of what will happen, but we'll so that we'll know enough that when it happens, we'll recognize it. Yes. Yeah. 
I had a question. Um, in verse 12, it's talking about this beast power. It says, and he exercises all authority. And it talks about he, he. And then this one says he performs great signs. So is it is it done through? I know it's Satan behind the scenes doing all this, but is he you the he <laughs> is that is he utilizing? Is that the beast power or is that actually I mean I know Satan is doing it all, but is it through the beast power, this entity, or you know what I'm saying? It's through the second beast power. Now so that, that beast power will perform great signs? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Would that be the Vatican power? No, that right. Would be so, I mean, you would think that that power would be a person. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I'm it. trying to figure out who the he is. <laughs> well, right. and so it's, it's going to be people, but they're going to act on the, on the, um, through authority. the authority of that power. And, and it's, but it's not the beast power. It's not the Vatican that's doing this. It's that the second, the second beast the image to the beast. Right. Oh, we're getting to that. Right. First of all, it's, <laughs> right now it's that second beast and probably you're right, Teresa, but right mm -hmm. now it's that second beast, which is the United States. So somehow what is our government going to be doing involved in this? It, that we're going to see some changes coming um, and, and, and we will see that. So now, good question and, and good answers. So now look at verse 14. Why is he doing these miracles? Tell me in your own words, what is the purpose of the miracles? To deceive. To deceive. Exactly yeah. right. And it's going to work. They will be deceived. Um, and and now there's now there's a third thing we have the, we have the antichrist beast power which we know is the Vatican we have the second beast which we know is the United States right now it says that that these that, that they're going to tell those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast which had the wound of the sword and did come to life so so there's going to be an image so. So we have we have the Antichrist beast power, the Vatican. We have the second animal, which is the United States. And then the people are going to be told, you need to make an image to that first beast. And and they said they, they identify it. The one that had that deadly, the deadly sword, the deadly wound. Sword wound. Like that mm -hmm. one, that's the one that you need to make an image of. That's the Vatican. So somehow in our nation, in our country, we will have um, something that looks like, tastes like, smells like, feels like the, the Antichrist power. Does that make sense? <clears throat> We're going to have something that will be set up. And this thing that gets set up is going to have breath. Okay, verse 15. This is all symbolic, right? It was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak. Remember, we talked about when a nation speaks, it means it's making laws. Mm -hmm. So this image of the beast is going to be a new entity set up by our government. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be the president or the vice president or um, the, the, the secretary of state that, that thinks it all up. It says that they're going to tell those who dwell on the earth to make this image to the beast. This, so there's going to be a popular movement to set up this entity. The government will give it power to make its own laws. 
Does that make sense at all? It sounds strange. I know it sounds very, very strange. It does, but if you really believe in the, the Bible and God's commandments, you know, <laughs> and I can't quote it word for word, but, you know, God is a jealous God. He would never order us or ask us to make any type of a idol to represent him. That's mm -hmm. right. We should know that in our heart. And I think also if we um, starting to sound like a robot discernment and um, and everything that that God will allow us to know the difference. God will help us know the difference. That's <clears throat> exactly right, Melissa. And <clears throat> and this is not a literal idol. It's not a literal image. No. Nope. It it is an entity that will have its own power, power to make its own laws. And not only that, excuse me, but this, this entity that has this power is going to be able to institute the death sentence, a death penalty at the end of verse 15. <clears throat> and this new entity that has not been set up yet, by the way, verse 16, is going to be the one to administer the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. This is the one that's going to make sure that if you don't have this mark, that you won't be able to buy or sell. Right. So we can see how this all, how this whole thing is uh, set up. We don't know the details of what it's going to look like, but we have quite a lot of clues in here. And when it happens, we're going to look back and probably look back and say two things. One, this isn't how exactly what I thought it was going to be like because it'll be a little different than what we imagine. And number two, we're going to say, we know this was going to happen because God predicted it in the book of Revelation, right? Yep. <clears throat> God has warned us. We know this is going to happen. Are there any questions about this so far? There's a happy bird in the background. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the verse 18 where it says, here is wisdom. Let him has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So he's giving you not just the wisdom of his, and I don't like the word prediction, but to me, that's what the Bible is. It's, it's, a, it's a floor plan that we are to follow mm -hmm. from beginning to end. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I was late in life and becoming an Adventist, but there's so many things that I have learned that, and I don't want to, I, I don't get into to debates, but the things that I learned as a Baptist and a Catholic, they're not true. I mean, they're not true. There's nothing about it that's true. And I feel like they've already been deceived. And even when you try to bring this up, um, you know, and, and, and I, I know that with all the deaths that I've gone to funerals and whatnot, they say, oh, he's in heaven right now. And I'm going, what? You know, that, that, that kills it for me. You know, I can't say goodbye because I know you're laying in the grave. Right. You're as dead as I will be when I die. <laughs> until Jesus comes again. 
Until Jesus comes, right. So God has given us the Bible so that we'll read it and understand it, right. Um, so we have a choice in worship and obedience. The people in the end of time are going to be, we're already seeing them, everybody kind of polarizing into following God or away from God, right? We're seeing, we're seeing that now. But in the very end of time, there will only be two groups, those who follow God and worship him and obey his commandments and, and have the faith of Jesus and those who don't. But the people who don't are going to think they do. They're going to think they are worshiping God when they are not, because the whole idea is that these miracles are sent to deceive them, to make them think they're following God. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the scary thing about this is that you can think you're following God and, and not be. Yeah. So the choices are at the very end, you can save your life and allow and keep on buying and selling. And if just all you have to do is receive the mark of Rome's authority on our Sunday and not Sabbath, but you're going to receive the curse of God and you're going to lose salvation and eternal life. So, so that that's the choice. Or on the other hand, you're going to follow God and you're going to risk losing your life for the ability to buy or sell, but you have God's approval. And, and that's a lot of pressure. People do under pressure, they do what they've practiced, they do what they usually do. In this case, only with God's help, but but, it, but if you're not following God in the little things of your life, you're probably not going to suddenly obey God when, it get, when the time gets rough. Mm -hmm. If now you're not keeping God's commandments, if you're not honoring the Sabbath now, when, when somebody threatens your life over it, you won't suddenly start keeping the Sabbath then mm -hmm. or anything else. And so this is, a, this is the time that's been given us to prepare. We can let our faith grow in the little things, in the little, the little tests of our patience, of our faith. Whatever happens, we can learn to trust God more and more and follow him more and more and obey him more and more completely. Or we can say, well, don't worry about it. I'll be fine when, when the pressure gets gets there when i see when i see all this happening then i'll start keeping sabbath then i'll start <clears throat> obeying god and keeping his commandments we won't we just no. won't do it then um and the only way we'll do it in, in even with practicing is by the power of god in us i want us to end in proverbs 3 this verse gives me a lot of encouragement i was just looking at it just this morning proverbs 3 and if you're looking for a verse to memorize <laughs> this is a very good one proverbs 3 and we're going to look at verses 25 and 26 proverbs 3 verses 25 and 26 it says, do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. It says, it's telling us not, not to be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the onslaught of the wicked. You know it's going to come, but don't be afraid of it. For what? The Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being caught. 
So it's saying, don't be afraid of that time. It will happen. But God is going to be with you and will keep you strong. It's not our practicing the good things that will keep us strong at that time. It's God's power, right? It's mm -hmm. the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Um, and then Philippians 3 talks about the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings. If we suffer with him, Jesus said, rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. And it doesn't feel like a glad thing if people are um, harassing you and irritating you and maybe even hurting you. But there's the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings that I think someday we will understand more of what that means and, and that, that it can be a blessing. So, are there any questions about this lesson? All right. Yeah, I think there's a difference between joy and happiness, momentary happiness. And when you know that you are following God, there's, you know, just a joy that can't be described. Mm -hmm that is underlying all of, you know, no matter your circumstance, you can still be joyful knowing your reward, you know, mm -hmm. that's coming. So I think that's the difference. We may not always be happy with what's happening, but we can be joyful. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point, Julie. Thank you for bringing that up. Joy is different from happiness. Yes. You thought of that. And the joy that Julie was speaking of is a calm, peaceful kind of joy. It's right. just you're you're at peace with uh -huh. even the evil things going on around us because you know that you're making the choice to follow God. That's right. All right, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we um are so um amazed at how our own government that our own country that we love so much is going to have a really a negative part to play in the end time scenarios and father we know that that there is nothing that that we can do in our own strength to make ourselves strong for that time we know that that comes from you we pray that you will help us to trust in you and to be faithful to you in the little things and help let you um, help us grow our faith, that you will grow our faith for us so that we will be ready for the hard tests that, that we know will come. That we know that we don't have to fear that time, but we know that we can trust you for any difficult thing that will happen. We thank you that you can give us joy in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. amen.